Hello, and welcome to the LVP Architects podcast. In this podcast, it's going to be recap four. So we'll quickly cover the previous podcast about the site and construction. So again, this is um, covering these topics with part three in mind. In the second section, as it were, of questions, it's site-based, it's construction-based. Um, so we won't talk about the site as in design terms you know the first part of part three sort of exam questions um, talks about the site itself and, and and what it's trying to do is trying to get you to think about planning considerations and um, it doesn't really delve too much into design and unless there's covenants or or uh, neighbors or whatever it's 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 not really design it's not really focused on that so it's more focused about your understanding of ownerships and things like that so if we start with the site itself um, ownership at key stages you know you, this is what you sort of need to think about so site visits for example pre-appointment before your appointment or any design team appointment the client the potential client the owner of that property or that land is responsible for the safety of people so when a, a design team has been appointed or, or just the architect at early stages, you're going to get some site visits. Who is in ownership of this site? They're responsible. You know, so um, once there's an appointment, say from stages zero to three, so up to about planning, you know, there are going to be some more site visits from the design team. There's going to be surveys, you know, um, possibly some planners, um, conservation officers, um, and other consultants that may um, be required to visit site. So then after that sort of stage, you have um, potential for opening ups, you know, for, for clarity's sake. So you'll, you'll have some smaller subcontractors who will come in. And again, those, in these stages, you've got to ask yourself, who's in ownership of that site? Who's dealing with this? So then following that, you know, you have a sort of tender site visits. When you're going out to tender, you're going to have contractors visiting. Again, who's responsible for the safety of people? So it's the owner of that site. Once a contractor is appointed, then there is no transfer yet of ownership, temporary ownership that is, um, until a uh, building contract has been signed. Once a building contract has been signed, then the ownership and responsibility, the temporary ownership and responsibility in terms of insurance and, and health and safety of people on that site transfers from the client to contractor the appointed contractor during construction um, the responsibility is still with the contractor and they are responsible for any site visits you know they they are for the purposes of that controlling the site you know so even the uh, the owner the client can't just wander on site they have to have permission with the contractor they they will then be um, sort of escorted through site for health and safety reasons and that accounts for other members as well. So design team, subcontractors, whoever it may be, the contractor is responsible for all of that. Any issues on site, again, the contractor is responsible for that, to deal with that at that moment. Um, so, you know, uh, once once the site's been handed over, oh well, just before site's been handed over, so you have a period of sort of um, defects and snagging, elements again even though an architect may be going around 
with the contractor highlighting these these areas that need remedial works, the contractor is still responsible for everyone on that site. Once this stage has moved on to handover and um, defects period, then all responsibility is transferred onto the client. So then if the client wishes to use the building that's just been handed over, the client is responsible for um, health and safety of all people who come in, all the users of the building or the, the land or whatever it may be. So hopefully you're getting this um, clear message across about ownership and insurances of the site at pre-construction, construction and handover. And therefore, when you get asked a question in the exam or, or even if you're writing in your case study, you need to focus on who who is in ownership of that site and and who's in charge of the insurances and the health and safety of people. Just to add on to that, um, I've mentioned it a few times about insurances. So the client needs relative insurance it's, it, and the contractor needs relevant insurance for the, for the project. So if it's a domestic scale, you know, the homeowner actually has to make sure, has to notify and make sure that they are covered, but the contractor is taking most of the, the insurance. The client's insurance and the contractor's insurance may have to sort of consider phased or partial possessions so obviously this is set out before the building contract is signed building contract will have clauses within it to deal with this with with dates and so forth um uh, and also you know it has commencement and completion dates or, or for these works or sections of works and the client will just need to make sure that they have their insurances set up for those elements you know for if if part of the works is handed over then ownership and insurances responsibilities transfer uh, we touched briefly on site visits so uh, during construction the main ones are obviously the design team the client may come at key points to have a look but the critical ones are sort of uh, planning and building control visits so a planning officer may may come in because of conditions that need to be um, released um, in which case, you know, it could be from very simple things to, you know, samples of the brickwork or, or facade or whatever it may be. Building a draw visit so at, at critical points to make sure that um, details, approved details are, are actually being followed. And those, you know, the, the number of visits is, is down to the building control officer and the, the builder. They'll agree um, a strategy of key dates, um, all of this, you know, to build up to the final certificate. And again, during construction, the ownership of that site and access to it is uh, in the hands of the contractor. So they are responsible for deliveries, any road closures as well, they need to organize, um, service connections. So when when you're asked in, in the exam, just need to think about always who's in ownership, uh, who do you really respond to, who you are responding to. This then touches uh, briefly, which which I've mentioned before in other podcasts, about your appointment. Are you appointed to the client, the owner of the, the property, or are you appointed to the contractor? In which case, you know, understanding lines of communication. So when you're asked in a question, you know, oh, an issue has arisen on, on site during construction period, you can quickly make assumptions or respond to um, the the preamble of the question before to ascertain what role, what, what is your role, who's in ownership of the site, what's the problem, and, and then the following that, 
you can you can work out your answer with regards to construction and delays and issues the, uh, there may be some questions based on this and and it then falls down to again what's your role you know are are you just the architect appointed to the contractor or are you the architect appointed client and is any of this uh, or is there any appointment where you are the contract administrator if you're the contract administrator then your answer is going to be based around the building contract and the building contract you know it clearly sets out the methods of dealing with any of these um any of any delays and issues during construction and your responsibility then as a contractor administrator uh, ca is to make sure that those clauses and and any principles set out within that contract are followed clearly you know so you'll clarify what a relevant event is for example um, and list and it'll be listed in the building contract you know so that a delay can be uh, assessed by yourself as a ca and therefore you know when a contractor submits in advance all the delay claims you as the ca can assess what is is a true delay what is not and and work it out accordingly and, and present that to the client for acceptance or, or, or rejection. Obviously, all of this sort of stuff, like I say, is set out in the building contract with clear, you know, uh, it, dates of in advance and then dates to respond and so forth. Any delays can lead to liquidated damages for that delay in, in, in handover. Again, the building contract will, will set out clearly which liquidated damages and, and at what rate will be applied to which and where and why. Um, so you don't need to know every clause, you just need to understand that it's in there and understand the basics. So um, another thing to add, you know, during construction, on, on-site materials are the ownership of the contractor, unless specifically paid in advance by the employer. So as I mentioned, as I mentioned previously and, and in other po- podcasts, it's to make sure you, you understand site issues are the responsibility of the contractor at the beginning. You know, they're the ones who have to notify the right people in the right order of what's going on. You know, they deal with most issues. Something, you know, it's it's basically, in very crude terms, it's to notify them if, if it affects the client directly. That's That's what you're looking at. So, you know, key things like safety, you know, something of, of significant um, safety concern that the client needs to be notified about. Um, or if it's a cost implication, or or if it's something that needs also confirmation to proceed because of whatever the issue is. The client is informed of things on a quite a regular basis. You know, you, apart from your design team meetings, you also have client meetings, so they're kind of kept abreast of, of, of issues and things that have slowly been um, have evolved and how they're resolved. You know, it's just in moments of emergency is a strong word, but uh, those kind of moments where the client needs to be informed immediately about that and there's the, because of those kind of um, urgent decisions during construction or, or after handover if there's any disputes that arise that you know these how disputes are settled are are set out really really clearly within the clauses within the building contract and that's really important to know um and you know it's it's designed to allow for these kind of areas where communication is broken down. You know it's very, very clear, and 
the important thing is that both parties have agreed to these processes of resolution within the contract because they've both signed them. It makes life a lot easier. And I've mentioned and and I, I touched on disputes um, in a previous podcast, so you can listen to that about a bit more about it. Thanks for listening, and um, until next time.